Longhorn Nation, we're back! All right, hey y'all, welcome to yet another episode of Fire the Cannon, part of the 1012 Network of Podcasts. I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And we are Fire the Cannon. Welcome back, Megan. Thanks, Rocky. Welcome back. Good. So <laughs> tonight, we'll, we'll get right into it. Tonight, we had kind of a fun adventure. That was a fail, but uh, it's not over yet. No, not not a failure. It is a TBD. It's, it's a TBD. It's, it's in progress still. It's not over yet. <laughs> um, I We were looking for the Bijan mustard. The Bijan Dijon. The, the mustardson. Bijan mustardson. <laughs> and they had put, the company put out a, tw- a tweet or post something today that's saying they're at Central Market. So we went to Central Market tonight because we were going to try it for you tonight. I'm not a mustard person, but I'll mix it in things. Rocky has horrible taste in food. She doesn't like all I only products. like really good food. Oh, my God. So um, anyway, no, we were going to try it. And Richard, my husband Richard, was going to try it with us tonight, too. And Megan was going to try it. And we got cheese and bread and all these things to try the nice mustard. But we couldn't get the mustard. <laughs> two, two different fancy HEBs. We went to two different central markets, went in the first one, and they did have it like marked on the shelf. But lo and behold, it was sold out and our heart broke. Good for them. Bit. Selling yeah. out. That's hey, great. Listen, yeah. Great for great for Bijan, for sure. So then we decided to take a hop and a skip up to the North Lamar because we started at the South Lamar location. We called and this poor lady answered the phone and she was like, I, I need to find a foodie. Oh my gosh, bless her heart. She took probably 10 minutes trying to find somebody in that department, which like she could not find. So she was like, um, maybe just come in. So by that time we were already on the We way. were already there. It's already only there. 10 minutes between central markets. Right. Quick drive. So we pop in and we went in the wrong direction. Like this central market didn't even have it in stock yet. No. So, but the crazy thing was we ran into another person. A, a young lady who was like just staring <laughs> at the wall of mustards also. Right. And she's like, are y'all looking for the Bichon mustard? Apparently we look what, like those people. Because that's what she was like. <laughs> We're decked out in all of our Texas gear, right? Everybody. Not, not to look for mustard per se, but that's just how we dress. How we dress. Yeah. And it was just, it was pretty astounding. Like what other food ha- can you imagine like going in and somebody be like, Oh, you're looking for a particular Dijon mustard. <laughs> like, listen. well, at central market, they probably have people who are looking for a particular kind of, you know, gluten-free <laughs> apple potato crisp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I get it. But it, to me, that was like a striking thing. Who the shit goes and searches multiple miles for for a mustard. mustard so just so we could try it and let y'all know how good it was right but listen nil is working what a brilliant plan like it was well the website you said was hilarious right because the- it was a really clever funny website oh my god dry very tongue-in-cheek yes. kind of humor yeah. absolutely tongue-in-cheek i mean it was talking about you know Bijan's birth and his upbringing and how you know, he's a mustard guy. I mean, oh yeah. And he plays a little football, right? Like he plays a little football. (laughs) It's just funny. And it, again, they've, they've hit for me as a marketing person, like they have hit on every level. It was hilarious. And I was like, okay, I need to try this $8 mustard. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, 
it sounds amazing. And, you know, we talked to our friend Katie, Kevin Dunn tonight, and he said that, you know, Bijan was involved in making that mustard. And yeah. he's actually a really a Dijon mustard guy. <laughs> like that's his actually likes what he he's has selling. tried tons of Dijons and he really does love Dijon mustard. So that should be fun. I, I like to mix mustard in things like deviled eggs or cool, different, yeah. you know, yeah, I like to put mustard in when I cook and things. So I just don't care for my food to be smothered and mustard on top because then that's all you taste but if maybe I might like Bichon's Dijon we'll see right it's like I'm the weirdo I prefer mustard on my fries like I realize I'm probably gonna get flamed for that but I definitely prefer mustard on my fries like, over ketchup over ketchup oh yeah, yeah. i can see that that's yeah. fine like i like the tang versus i like sweet. ranch i i like a spicy jalapeno ranch with my fries or queso <laughs> with my fries Fair way more than ketchup Fair but enough. if i only have ketchup that's fine all right y'all so stay tuned we are not giving up on our quest to discover the mustard and hopefully we can taste it for next week's episode when we have a very special guest with us next Ab- week absolutely y'all stay tuned we'll drop we'll drop some fun little nuggets we on- have a lot of fun fun people that you know texas fans know that will be joining us each week especially as the season kicks off we have fun people talking predictions and then post-game excitement slash drama slash heartbroken hey hey slash i mean rel- like uh, reveling in the wind yeah i'm gonna be that we're gonna break down why we dropped 90 on alabama we'll talk about that <laughs> exactly. no just kidding all right but for real though this week was back to school week for a lot of kids well last week and this week was back to school week for a lot of people including the university of texas um, I went back to school this week because I still I'm year three of my program at, at Texas State. And I realized last night when I went to class, I'm working on my dissertation proposal right now. And I realized right now that well, I went I went into class thinking, oh, the end is in sight. And then when I left class, I'm like, I'm never gonna graduate. <laughs> I mean comparatively though, bro. Like you have not I'm out. closer to a doctorate degree than I am to when I started I'm like past the halfway point which is amazing I could if I was psychotic finish at the end (laughs) of next year but I'm not psychotic so I will probably I'm looking more at spring 24 so I'm fine I'm more than halfway done and that's great but that's so I had class last night and see, that's good. See, but this is the difference between you and me. Like you're talking about, oh, well, I'm getting my doctorate and, oh, I'm, you know, realistically probably two years away for it. And I'm like, my bachelor's is super cool. <laughs> and I just turned 40, haven't done shit. A since, bachelor's but... degree is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, no complaints here. I just, I mean, no one needs any degree. <laughs> you don't need any degree to be a super smart, productive, wonderful human. And to me, it's just more. It's, it's something to do no, and I listen. and I tell everyone the reason I'm getting a degree a doctorate degree is so that my husband Richard has to call me doctor I love it listen I I need you to understand I am going to be insufferable when you are Dr. Rocky like, oh I know I will be the person at tailgates uh excuse me you will address her as no Dr. Rocky. you'll be like you'll be like at Target excuse me can you please page my friend Dr. Dr. Rocky. Rocky absolutely she's, I think she's in the shoot <laughs> listen I am that supportive friend but I'm also no. that embarrassing no it doesn't so. have to be all that it's oh, it'll be though but it is it is <laughs> back to school week and so we have that this week but we do have fun things this weekend because yeah. oh so Texas Exes has a big event. Yeah, yeah. Super excited about it. So for those of y'all that know or may not know, I was involved with the Texas Exes Austin chapter for- Not just involved. <laughs> yeah, super long time. I was a, I was the president of the president. Austin chapter for a hot minute. And um, 
they do a lot of great things. So if you, everybody knows the Texas X's, right? Like they raise scholarships for uh, students attending UT. And of course they keep people around the country and around the world connected with uh, UT Austin. Uh, and the Austin chapter, of course, is the largest chapter. And every year they do these awesome events. And this one is the orange and white kickoff game. So it's always the weekend before the first game of football. And there's going to be so many cool events. I'm super excited about it. Like we're going to have Rod Babers, like our dude Rod Yay, Babers Rod. there. Yeah, he's going to be leading a Q&A and kind of hosting. And CDC is going to be there speaking. Like wow. it's really cool. So wow, that's yeah, a big one to get. Pretty amazing. So the event is actually at the Alumni Center right across. Right across on, the stadium. Yeah, on San Jacinto uh, this Saturday from 5 to 9 p.m. And so going to be a ton of fun, a lot of opportunities, like there's barbecue, like Pokey Joe's is uh, catering it. And we, well, Pokey Joe's or 1883. I don't know. I'm not Ooh, involved. Don't with, get it wrong. I know, right? But <laughs> there I, will be food. There will be food. There will be barbecue. And I'm sure there's a cash bar. Tips, treats will be there. Yeah. Actually, and drinks Kendra are, Scott drinks Ken- included. Yeah. What? Yeah. So it's it's really cool, man. I, I love it. Like it is, it's a really fun event. Tickets are on sale you guys are looking for something to do and a way to support, uh, you know, Austin area kids. Now, y'all, let me throw this out there. When I say Austin area, I mean, the Texas X's Austin chapter ranges, like they cover an area basically from Gerald to Fredericksburg down to like San Marcos. So pretty much anyone that can hear the radio kids. station. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a monstrous That's area. A big area. So it's a lot of kids, um, but they do really great things. They run, raise tens of thousands of dollars and they, they give out scholarships uh, to 10 or more students per year. Wow. To help with books. That's and, huge. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. That's so, a generational difference right there. Absolutely. So if y'all are looking for something fun to do as we head into college football. What? College football. What? what? It's coming. Yeah, definitely. Uh, please take a look at, you can hit up, go to uh, Eventbrite and look up Texas X's Austin chapter. You can also look up the orange and white kickoff game there. You can buy tickets. You've probably gotten an email about it if you're part of the alumni association yeah so you can find them there please y'all i mean i know this is my little psa but they do all the good in the community and all of it is 100 percent volunteer work this is the the different individual like city chapters are completely volunteer so um yeah looking for something to do it's a lot of fun there's gonna be a ton of cool stuff going on there's opportunities to win prizes there's silent auctions there's raffles like all kinds oh, of cool fun. shit yeah so jump in plus you're at hollowed grounds, right? You're on yes. campus. You're right by the stadium. The it's a great Center. way, yes. great way to jump in. So, and of course you get to, you get to meet and mingle with our dude, Rod Babers. So. And you get to meet and mingle with fancy boots. <laughs> Megan will be there. I will. So I, we had planned to go together to that event, but it is the last free weekend before college football sets off. And it happens to be the weekend that Richard and I are going to be in LA. So we have, um, we're, we're a rugby family. Sorry, we're in LA this weekend. I'm just kidding. We're in, we're a rugby family, as most of you guys know, and we donate to Todd Clever, Todd Clever's Youth Foundation. So he, Todd Clever, if you know, if you follow US rugby, you know, Todd Clever, he is the most capped, I mean, having played in an international match. He is the most capped American player in history. Okay, but we have to clarify capped. And rugby versus capped with like the young whippersnappers. No, that's what I just said. Having <laughs> having played in an and in, in an international match is gives you a cap. 
So if you if you've played rugby or even soccer, I think they cap. But if having played in an in an international match, you have a cap. So he is the most capped U.S. rugby player in history. He he is everyone knows him for his wild, crazy long hair. He was an ESPN body issue. Anyway, he's the nicest, nicest, coolest person. He's our longtime friend and business partner. And so Ted Todd Clover is hosting a big foundation an event for his foundation at Top Golf in LA. One of the top golfs there this weekend. And then there's LA Sevens. So this is an international rugby event. And we've been to LA set well, so there's a circuit sevens where international teams play all over the world. So they play in Hong Kong, in Spain, in Dubai, in um England. They play in Cape Town, my favorite town in the world. Beautiful. Sydney, Scotland, Paris, like Vancouver. So they have these certain spots where they stop around the world and they have this circuit of sevens. And the international teams, when you have go to a sevens tournament, the games are only 14 minutes. So there's a game every 20 to 24 minutes. So you have England, South Africa, and then you have Fiji, Samoa, and then you have US, US, Ireland, and then you have Scotland, you know, Argentina or whatever it is. And it's the most amazing athletes from around the world play every 22 minutes. But the best part of going to these international sevens matches is the tournament is that and it was in Vegas for a while. And that's when it was really crazy for like five years, it was in Vegas. But the really crazy part is everybody dresses up like the fans come dressed up as superheroes or silly things from movies or ridiculous fruit or you know a bunch of 20 men dressed up as pregnant women like whatever (laughs) whatever they want to do they just wear fun silly costumes and that's a thing about rugby tournaments is people will come dressed up in the funniest you know clever costumes and everyone's having a good time and they're from all over the world like people from all over the world will be in LA this weekend to see the rugby or they'll all go to Dubai or they all go to Cape Town or wherever it's it's just a really really good time but we get to go support a charity as well this weekend with Tom Clever's Youth Foundation so that'll be fun we were invited to come be part of that I love that man like we're, we're just spreading all the good in the world. We're trying weekend. to. Yeah. We're, and, we're making up for our debauchery otherwise. By and being good people the best weekend. part of this is when I got the, when we got the invitation a few weeks ago, we're like, wait, is football starting then? <laughs> no, it's not starting yet. So we can go. We good. We're, we we good. can go. So we'll be there. And then after that, it's Texas football nonstop. I love it. So let's talk Texas football. Texas football, y'all. Okay. So Last time we talked, last episode, we reviewed the practice. We were there in person. The one practice that we've been to. The the one one we got to go to. Yes, that everyone got to go to. Right. Uh, Beyond beyond the scrimmage. And our takes on it were quarterback competition was still tight. But we both kind of shifted a little bit. We had both picked yours to be the guy that was like, all right, he's going to be our starter. Just it's so close. It's going to be him. Then we watched the practice and we're like, well, we walked away thinking just based off the few minutes of one practice that we got to see, not the entire off-season training right. and 15, 16 other practices and blah, blah, blah that the coaches get. In the few minutes we got to see with our own eyeballs, we thought Hudson Card was the better quarterback that he, day. Like he was edging out a little bit in that practice. He, to yeah. us, he was that day, that moment, more consistent. He looked stronger up in the pocket. He led the team. Um, we just, we walked away saying, get ready, Texas. Well, two things. We both walked away saying, get ready, Texas fans. 
Hudson card could win this. Also, we took down the number of win predictions by a game or two. A game or two, yeah. Yeah, by a game or two, because there was still too much inaccuracy, like inconsistencies sure. all over the place. Sure. Mainly uncertainty, kicking. I think. Uncertainties. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. Uncertainties. Well, and and look, y'all, I, I put this out on Twitter. We talked about it a little bit. Kicking still scares the shit out of me. Like, I, I appreciate that we, so we all know that Texas phased out a lot of players and brought in 30 plus new players this year. So 35, 35 right. right. So there, there are a lot of unknowns about right. this 2022 squad, right? So we go on what we see and, and until the season is played, we're all just guessing it's a crapshoot here. Right. Um, but one of the things that we noticed and we talked to some folks very close to the program. <laughs> yeah. Kicking is going to be a concern that for mm. me, for me, that was where I kind of went, um, maybe I'm going to adjust my expectations because in the past few years, kicking, a lot of these games have come down to They've a close come score down to a dicker kick, right? Where kicking yes. matters. And look, I didn't understand Texas fans being ugly about dicker, the kicker. Yeah. Okay. Look, I know we had Justin Tucker and Hunter Lawrence prior to that. We got spoiled, right? Yeah. But Dicker was a phenomenal Dicker talent. was amazing. Phenomenal yeah. talent. And this year, I think that will be, to our dismay, brought to light even more, right? Um, now, that being said, Texas brought on a lot of players, a lot of scholarship players. Y'all, let's just break this down and look in between the lines here, reading between the lines. Texas just brought on a preferred walk-on as a kicker who just started on campus Y'all, we have a Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. Can we just talk about how excited I am about all of these possibilities and how ridiculous? Listen, I'm going to be obnoxious about this. Just be prepared. But um, he's excited to be on campus. He's a good leg. I he's mean, having fun on social media, too. He's, he's pretty awesome. He's already dubbed himself Machete, and I'm yeah. effing living for it. Like, yeah, I'm here hashtag for it. Machete. <laughs> yes. Listen, so, and I'm excited, and I think he's going to bring... Uh, he's going to help out that kicking squad, no question. Mm -hmm. My bigger concern is how are we at a position <laughs> to need to bring on a preferred walk-on at kicking? You know what I'm saying? So, look, I, I hope, you know me, I'm ever the optimist. I really hope that this is, you know, Trey Machete is going to come on and just kill it and everything will transition smoothly. But I do want to say, Texas fans, just... Hold your breath. Well, I mean, <laughs> we only got to see them kind of we we've heard that the kicking has been inconsistent in scrimmages or in practices. And and it could just be they're working on something new or working on something different. And when it comes to game time, these guys wouldn't be like these kickers wouldn't be at Texas. And some of them are really highly ranked and, and nationally right. Our noted. Austin, Isaac Pearson. Yeah. Super excited. Yeah. They're <laughs> it's not like they're scrubs. These are really highly recruited um, talented kickers that we they they have an opportunity to prove that they belong at Texas and that's what's going to be exciting this year. It was more that there was a lot of questions all over that we saw right in the practice open practice on last Tuesday and that's what so you know and and the biggest question at that point was who's going to be the starting quarterback. But after that, and since then, we've learned it is Quinn Ewers and 
Coach this Sark. Bombshell. Yeah. Coach Sark <laughs> had someone else announce that. <laughs> Which I kind of love. Listen, Texas likes to fuck things up. Like they like to come in. I, I shouldn't say fuck things up. They like to come in and fuck around. So right? the yeah, the SID, because it was okay. Let's start. Let's 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 pick the timeline. Um, there was a battle, a legit, I will say it's a legit battle. Agreed. I think everybody I would agree I, that. Everyone would, they got, they got pretty balanced reps at practices from yeah. all the reports. Even at the open practice, we saw they got legit balanced with ones and twos. Right. We saw it right. with our own eyes. Um, all the reports out of practice were, that was a legit battle. So the people who think, oh, the big money donors or the NIL, they're the <laughs> ones who were saying who starts. I'm sorry. This entire staff isn't putting their careers and family lives on the line right. for some NIL deal that one kid gets. No. Yeah, NIL didn't play into this. NIL no. did not play into this. You don't say he's a QB whisperer and then say, oh, but NIL picked the quarterback. Right. Stupid. I, listen, Texas fans have never been known necessarily for their level-headedness in well, their we're all level and <laughs> their analysis of texas football right so yeah I, I understand it was a really weird situation where typically you'd hear this announcement come from the head coach right mm -hmm. but instead it was rsid it was john bianco that, right that dropped it so of course this set social media aflame everybody freaks out because again there's that classic level-headed Texas response to things. Um, but something I thought that was really interesting about this announcement and how it played out is again, John Bianco releases it, but the guys that, you know, are quote unquote Texas insiders, and look, oh. <laughs> look, I'm not, I'm not here to bash anybody. I know that no. Texas fans like to to get mad at certain reporters or certain insiders. Man, the way I look at it, they all have a job. They're trying to do their job and they rely on the people that they feel they can rely on. Yeah, I and they trust their sources. They trust their sources. They they get their sources for a reason. So I guess the question, Rocky, is do you feel that this was a deliberate misdirection from Sark's staff in leaking that? Because again, all the quote unquote insiders were saying, hey man, Card's got the job. Um, do you feel this was well, deliberate misdirection or do you feel that this is something that um, was a last minute change from when when the insiders were saying, oh, nope, Huddy's got the, the position. And then two days later, nope, just kidding. It's, it's well, it time. was like the night before they were releasing that info, which is why I think um, Bianco had to go out and make that statement the morning of before Sark could even get back to the media because Sark, Sark was sleeping y'all. Right. <laughs> well, okay. So I feel like, and this is just my opinion from what I've pieced together. Quint, of course, Sark went after Quinn Ewers to get him back into Texas. Mm -hmm. um, he, for whatever reason, it wasn't working at Ohio state. Now I'm not saying he couldn't have been the starter this year at Ohio state if, or in the next year or two, if he stayed in that system and competed or whatever, that has nothing to do with it. Um, maybe he wanted to be back closer to home, whatever it is. Um, he wanted to be at Texas, but not with Tom Herman, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, he, and he committed to Tom Herman and then went away. So whatever it was, Sark got his man to run his system. The athlete that he knew can like, and he's, well, play this for you in just a second from Sark's latest press conference but he got the player he knew could run his system make the throws he needed you know and 
and lead the team the way he wanted. And in my opinion, it's not that there was never a legit competition, right? but if they were so even after all of spring, all of summer camp, all of fall camp, and they're still even, then you let the young guy shine who has a higher ceiling. Agreed. If Sark, I'm sorry, if Card in the third year hasn't just been head over heels above, mm -hmm. which a kid who is equivalent to a freshman coming out of high school, um, then go with the kid and take your lumps and he has the higher upside. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have to agree with I that. say kid young man he's student, he's student athlete yeah, student we, athlete. we old he's, i say kid, kid. I, you know what i mean student <laughs> athlete go with the go with the young man with the higher upside yeah agreed i mean it's definitely a position where uh, i agree with your sentiment wholeheartedly if they're basically neck and neck in the competition and all things considered they're on the level playing field i, I agree you got to look at a guy that's been in a program for a minute and and yes look at the other factors there have been different Third coaches. Year in Texas, but second year under Sark and his coach. Right. Yeah. It, it, he knew he had the the upper hand in the sense that he knew the offense. He had a year with Sark's offense. He knew uh, how this is going to work. He knows how Sark coaches for the most part. Um, and there wasn't just a, a very obvious separation. Mm. I agree wholeheartedly, man. You got to invest in your future and you look at the guy that has the higher potential upside. So, so does this you know, prior to practice, does this shock anybody? No. Does it mean that boosters made this decision? Absolutely not, y'all. No. That, that's a that's a that's a lazy take, in my opinion. Thank you. It's lazy. A take. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's drop in on what Sark had to say in his presser about the quarterback situation. All right, here you go. You know, last Friday made the decision to start Quinn as our quarterback. Um, excited about that. I think Quinn provides um, the ability to make all the throws in our system. I think he's got playmaking ability. He's got natural passing ability. Um, I will say it was a tough decision. Um, Hudson is a very good player. He's got great leadership skills. Uh, he's got the utmost respect of our coaching staff and, and of his teammates. Uh, there's a reason he's on our leadership committee because of all those things. And I've said all along, there's probably going to come a point in the season. And uh, whether it's one play, one drive, one game, two games, I don't know. We're going to need Hudson Card to win a championship. And so uh, I'm excited for Quinn. I'm excited for our team. Uh, but I also know that we are, we are very fortunate to have Hudson uh, be our backup and be in the, the situation that he's in uh, with the maturity and leadership that he has. So uh, I'm looking forward to this week. Um, like a All right. Here's, here's something that, and I'll give a shout out to Jeff Howell, Rod Baber's Longhorn Blitz. Say it. I listen to their podcast too when I drive home on Tuesday nights. So, um, they had brought up a really, really neat stat that ties into what Sark just said. Of uh, the last, Jeff Howe went, you know, went looking at all this info. In the last 30 years, 15 of them, Texas needed the backup to start a game. Um, so, and then there, if you count in the times where the backup had to come in for injury or things to take over a game or all the other times we needed the second string backup quarterback, it ended up being 20 to 25 of the 30 years. And that's probably across college football in general. We know Tom Herman brags about needing those three quarterbacks in one year to win his championship when he was the OC at Ohio State. But you think about it like Casey Thompson last year, stayed ready and had to come in and start 
the the year before. You know, there's never a time, you know, when you have Tyrone Sweeps, Garrett Gilbert, Sam Ellinger, blah, 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 whoever's coming and going, even in the last few years, that we constantly are like, I hope the backup's ready because you have, you know, things might not go right in the game. You might have an injury. You might, whatever the situation is, you're, I don't even know now how starting quarterbacks stay physically and mentally competent through an entire season it's just such a physical game Hudson Card needs to be ready and and he will be and that's something that Sark addressed a little later in his presser Mm -hmm. for sure but look something I would I love that stat well love might be a strong word my initial reaction to going holy shit 15 of 30 years a new starter a new starter that to me I look at that and go on the surface, my brain goes, oh, danger, Will Robinson. That's a that's a crazy stat, and that doesn't sound like stability. Then I, I'm going to take a step back and go, okay, cool. Football is a violent sport, right? Yes. We know that, that injuries happen. It's part of the game. I would like, before I give a take or give a reaction to that stat, I'd like to compare that, you know, Texas's 15 of 30 years needing a, a different or having a different starter mm-hmm. at some point in the season. I'd like to compare that to the rest of college football, you know, or it, fuck it, pick out the blue bloods, pick out power fives, you know, let's look at Alabama. Let's look at USC when they were in their prime. Let's look at all this kind of stuff. Is that a consistent stat throughout all of college football? The odds of a starting QB making it the whole season. I mean, I can just think right. now of handful of teams last year that, Every now and then, they're they're for whatever reason the starting QB isn't playing tonight. Well, and look at A and M last. They year. went My through God. three. <laughs> yeah, and right now they still have three competing, and they probably will have two or three of them play. That's just that's the nature of the game. So for all the people who say, "Oh, Hudson Card didn't get the immediate starting job," he's transferring. Um, he could be playing the second drive right. of the Louisiana Monroe game. Like right. we don't know, and we hope that they all stay healthy, but. You, you you don't know like Tom happen. Herman used to say you have a broken shoelace we need another guy to come in because that's kind of a nice way of saying somebody right. somebody needed to come out for a minute well and you know again I think you analyze it gone are the days of of having a James Street that is there for every single game starting every single smoking a cigarette and yeah. then going out <laughs> Joe Montana right the the crazy yeah I mean the game has changed it's mm-hmm. very different than it was 40, 50, 60 years ago, right? We're talking about, especially in the Big 12, who we've talked about before, are those trendsetters. We blazed the the air raid for college. Like this was a thing mm-hmm. that as much as I hate to give Mike Leach credit for shit, he really did help transform. And I the like Big 12 uh-huh. helped transform college football and, and led that into, I mean, the NFL, NFL. is following yep. that too, right? Yep. It, it is just a different kind of game. It's a faster game. It's a smarter game. It's a, uh, you know, quicker, harder hitting. It, it's very different than it was. So yeah, man, I love these comparisons in the past. I'm going on a diatribe a little bit, but we always love to say, oh, how would a current player do against a player that was amazing 40 years ago? Oh, they kill them. Well, yeah. That, that's my thing. <laughs> I'm not saying that we shouldn't respect and appreciate what, previous players did in different eras but the game is so very different now than it was decades ago right so 
my initial gut reaction again to that, oh my God, we've had to, we've had to have a different starter fifth half of the time in the past 30 years. My gut reaction is to go, oh shit. But then if I stop and go, if I think about it really, I'm like, oh, let me look at the rest of college and, and see how that compares. And fun fact, we may have an opportunity to ask Ron Babers about that. Oh yes, he's he, our friend. He is, and 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 he and Mike Harge are going to be joining us on Fire the Cannon. Yes, we have so many great guests. Yes, we we get the drive time show of from one hundred four nine the Horn as our guest soon. Yeah. So we'll keep you posted on that too. Definitely. So we'll we'll dive more into that. But uh, yeah, so QB QB one. Let's let's look at some more. Let's dive in deeper. Okay, so. When Sark was talking about why he chose Quinn Ewers, he was talking about the QB being the most important position. And this is what he had to say about why he chose another digging deeper and why he chose. You know, Quinn they want to know, you know, they, they, they want to know who's going to be that guy. Talking um, about the team. You know, I, I've said this all along that, you know, the quarterback's the most important position in sports, not because of arm talent or curl routes or things that how fast you can run. But I think you've, you know, part of it is, you know, do you give the rest of your team, coaching staff, people a sense of belief? And um, I think Quinn, Quinn naturally has that ability, and I think that's only going to continue to grow the more comfortable that he gets. I love that. He gives them belief. Yeah. So the the team is rallying behind. We know when they speak to the media, they all say the right thing, that both guys are, and that's probably true. Both guys are great. Both guys are competent. Um, whoever the coach picks is we're going to support. Um, but the coaching staff sees something in Quinn that gives them more belief. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. And again, this is something we've touched on. We've looked at it. We mentioned this at the opening of this season. Look, I'm not trying to put on my, you know, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, tinfoil hat and make all these crazy conspiracy connections and and be that crazy Charlie that's trying to, <laughs> to make these weird connections. But Looking into it, just just look at the the Longhorns social media posts. Look at the conversations that are coming out. Listen really closely and read between the lines on the media availabilities. Quinn is the guy that showed up and is is there, right? And he's, he's the at one, the women's basketball game at, with right. them. Yeah, and, and he's <laughs> at the lake house, and he's mm -hmm. on Lake Austin, and he's the one that is rapping and along with you know our coaches and and, and he knew that rando rapper that right. they're like what <laughs> listen so it's the little intangibles like that mm -hmm. you, you will that earns know, their respect right and, yeah. and we all know that championships are a goddamn difficult thing to chase but one thing that every single championship team has ever had in common is they bonded together right they, they played for each other and I think that's something for whatever reason, Quinn just has that the more of that connection and more of that uh, uh, bonding ability and that leadership, you know, that je ne sais quoi, that that it factor where the guys want to rally around him. And no matter what his leadership style is, they still view him as a leader and somebody that connects the team. I think that's a really cool and often overlooked piece to this i agree and they they need the leadership so this is this is a quick 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 um clip but so jaron thompson Love just him. yeah Love we him. haven't heard from him safety junior um at Lufkin. he has been 
one of the the quiet players just earning playing time, building up um, trust with the coaching staff so much that this is the first time I remember hearing him at a press press availability. We haven't seen him in a while. And so I'm excited to hear, we loved hearing him talk. So we played his availability availability for the 23rd yesterday. Tuesday. And this is what they said. You know, people, the reporters are always trying to trip these kids up and ask them questions to see if they'll throw someone under the bus. But they asked him, what were you missing last year? And this is what he had to say. Uh, That's a hard one. Uh, I'll just say we didn't we didn't have that that leadership that we have now. What do you like about mowing? Leadership that we have now. Right. And later he talks about being player led and, you know, the communication and um, playing for each other and the, the, the concepts being, you know, simpler so that they can, you know, just be themselves and play. He talks about all this, but the, the key thing was, and we've heard this from other players too, they're taking ownership. The players are taking ownership of the program. Right. I think that's, and look, again, I get that I'm ever hopeful and the glass is three quarters full kind of person. And that's bit me in the ass more often than not in the past decade. No mm-hmm. question. But these are the kind of things that I look at and I go, all right, man, like this feels different than years past. This feels different. Like this, I don't know, we're we're starting to see, it's not just the, oh, Texas players and coaches have been trained by Texas media consultants to say the same things, right? They're underlying, man. And this is what, again, I'm, I'm, I'm positive. I'm happy about this. There's this underlying thread of team and the, we, not me mentality. We, not me. And the leadership. And this feels, it might be subtle, but it feels like a shift from where we were even last year. You know, last year, I think we had a lot of incredible talent on the team, but we had a fresh coaching staff that because of COVID didn't have a lot of time with their players, didn't really know the feel of the team and wasn't able to get a good beat on how this team operated to me last year. And, and we talked about this last season on, on our podcast last year, there was incredible talent, but not necessarily the bonding and the camaraderie and the, I'm here to play for my teammate mentality. Which they've talked about, like, logistically, they couldn't be together. Right. You had all the COVID restrictions combined with a massive construction of their facilities. Right. So they were just logistically so as separate as they could be, plus new staff, plus new players, plus all these things going on. Um in addition to the COVID protocol and the limited classes and right. all the things that were um, because of the, all the COVID restrictions. So this year, here's, here's, and I, I'm not saying that they're, I, I listen to them and they're all saying the right things. They are tired, tighter. They are closer. They have leadership amongst themselves. They are holding each other accountable. Um, they are stepping up and filling gaps and, and with Jake Majors is one of the 
athletes that was available for the press conference this week too. Mm -hmm. And he talked about, you know, stepping up and remembering what it was like when he was a young and with Cosme and Kerstetter as his mentors. And now how he's trying to do that with Cole Hudson and Campbell and Banks. And, and, and he's really taken that role seriously. And I believe a million percent that all of these athletes are doing that. But when you still tell me that 57 of 85 <laughs> are a freshman or sophomore and 35 of the 85 are brand new to the campus, University of Texas campus, I, I believe they're going to give 120%. I believe they're going to give their full effort as a team. But still, I don't know how that 110% beats Bama. How does that translate? Exactly. No, I get it. And and. You are right. I'm not saying they're not going to give everything they have at the full effort of their right. max capacity. I just, it's still to me is it could, could be a big 12 championship or it could but be a seven win season. And it could be six and six and trying to get into a good bowl. Sure. So while I, again, logically understand your argument mm -hmm. and you're, you're, you beat me all the time on predictions. You are probably <laughs> right. What I look for, like, I'm not a money ball person, right? I'm not the person that looks at the stats and go, yeah, it's extreme. Uh, these, I'm going to put statistically. I'm the one that looks at it like, oh, fuck, these guys are, they're either jiving or they're not. They're getting together or they're not. They they click or they don't. And all I can say from my, from my outside perspective looking in with the glimpses that we've had, 2021 compared to 2022 is going to be vastly different in the way that this team connects and relates to each other. We are seeing more player-led practices. We're seeing more player-led meetings. We're seeing more outward conversation and a similar theme running through every single time. Not, not just that guided, oh, you're going through a, media, a Texas media outlet. This is what to say. We're hearing genuine words from each player and each coach, but there's a consistent underlying theme, and, and that is playing for your team, being more connected, being there for the guy next to you. You know, right. I mean, I, I think, and again, maybe I'm being overly optimistic, but I feel like that intangible is going to be the difference between 2021 and 2022. I agree they will be better. Um, so you, we had talked about this last week, the themes that we saw over the last, the first few six or seven press conferences. Mm -hmm. And then what we saw in the last couple, because there's been Keelan Robinson, Byron Murphy, Jaron Thompson, Jake Majors, they've all been available in the last few days and they're all on YouTube if you want to go see them. Um, but they were talking about, and, and this came up a couple of times, they all mentioned it that if I'm wrong, we're all wrong together. Like they're talking about communication and we're going to be right together and we're going to be wrong together. And that was a neat thing that they kind of brought up on their own as they were being asked questions. And that must be a new thing that they're kind of drilling into the team that speak up and we, we, we ride or die, right? right. We're, we're all going to ride or die together. Right. And I like that a lot. I bad like that they're, life. <laughs> <boys> <laughs> life. I, I like that, that they're saying, you know, they're that, that, in, that in kind of means that they're trusting each other, that they're, you know, holding each other accountable, that they, what they're saying 
when if I go down, we go down together. If I win, we win together. Yeah. And they talked about that. We kind of talked about that last week. One of the themes is like, oh, Heisman Award or, you know, Bulletnikov and all this talk with, you know, these individual awards. And they said every single player said if the team wins, the individual awards will come. Right. And that's kind of along the same lines of, you know, if I'm wrong, we're all wrong together. If I'm right, we're all right together. Right. And the players were talking about that this week. Yeah, it's it's definitely an emotional thing that that again, if you look deeper, read between these lines, you see to me, this is a team that's been that is much more connected than as much as I hate to say this, than any team that we've seen in the past at least it's, seven years. It's maybe been a few that. years, right? I, mean, I even saw Coach Bedford, Vance Bedford. I love him to death. He he has a lockdown Twitter account. He still actively follows UT. You know, he played at UT. Oh, he's UT. very involved. He, he bleeds burn orange. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted today, uh, you know, he quote, quote tweeted uh, CB uh, talking about it's 10 days. It's Vince Young days until kickoff. And one of the things that Bedford said was, oh, we haven't seen this kind of Vince Young leadership at Texas in over a decade. And as much as that stings to see a dyed-in-the-wool burn orange guy, a former coach, a former player say that, he's not wrong, right? He's not wrong. But I'm looking at this year, and I'm looking at the little context clues. And, you know, of course, until the games are played, until the season starts and we get underway, we don't know. But Looking at these little context clues, it gives me hope. Okay, that's why I bring up that um, just because if they don't go 15 and 0, it doesn't mean they weren't bonded and connected and growing and getting better. It they're still a work in progress. Even you know, if if people want to give Quinn Ewers these um, comparisons to Brett Favre or <laughs> you know these gunslinger chance taker exciting go for it in the heat of the moment you know aggressive which is what we want exciting player you're gonna take you know Brett Favre had Super Bowls he also (laughs) left the league with the most interceptions in NFL like like that record too so the the thing about Quinn Ewers though which we've heard is that he may throw the interception but he can shake it off and then the next drive lead him down to a touchdown right so it, it's not that it's the end of the world, give up, quit. If things, you know, like we talked about last week, be patient with them. If things don't go, you know, you, you love the gunslinger, but you got to live and die, right. by, the die by the gun. Yep. You got to live and yep. die by it. Yep. So we be ready for that. And, but this year to me is going to be still a developmental growing year. I'm excited. I don't want to be one of those people to say, oh, next year. <laughs> but really this year is going to, we're going to take our lumps. We have a young O-line. We might have one, we will probably have one, maybe even two freshmen on the O-line and by mid to late season, three freshmen on the O-line. So be patient. Don't expect they will be improved because they're overall supposed to be an upgraded athlete, but they're still young and they're learning and give them time. So we have that to look forward to. Just we'll be patient with the team and cheer for them and be patient. Because at least we get college football is back. Listen, it's back and we're excited. And and I feel like we get a little preachy, but I agree wholeheartedly. Texas fans, calm the fuck down. No, I want yes. I want to panic. No, no, no don't I'm just panic. kidding. I'm Listen, just kidding. I'm not panicking. Be excited, be hyped, but for fuck's sake, be reasonable. I know. I, I'm I'm 
definitely pushing reality here, but it's going to be a fun season. We're going to have a great, we're going to have a great time. Um, what are you wearing to the game this season? Yo, listen, co-op. Because what we wear matters. Co-op, uh, co-op got me shook. Like I have definitely bought some stuff there, but. I'm a bad influence. I took you to go get all the new Lululemon stuff at the co-op. You're co- the worst <laughs> and I hate you for it. But look, again, another thing that I love to wear. Super comfortable. Screaming Bevo. You love Screaming Bevo. Screaming Bevo's my jams. Retro stuff is my jams. If you guys want to have the coolest retro stuff, listen, Homefield Apparel is where to go. They are a sponsor of Fire the Cannon. Thank we you for love sponsoring them. us. We love them. Um, you can get a discount, y'all. If you want to get geared up, you only have a week until the season starts. Order now. Hurry up. So order now. Uh, use the code. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> use the code FIRE12. That is F-I-R-E-1-2. And you get your discount for your first order at Home Field Apparel. Listen, they will hook you up. You're going to look comfortable. You're going to look super cool. It, it, it's so comfy. Softest shirts you'll ever find. Great designs. And if Texas isn't your team and you're just listening to us because you're hoping we say that Texas is going to go 0-15 this year, that's fine. Go buy <laughs> Aggie gear. Go buy tech gear. Go buy your school. That's fine. Um, they have many. Yeah, they have lots of schools, lots of cool gear. So that's fine. You'll find you'll find your your stuff. So that's yeah, good. Too. Yeah. Again, Texas twelve. That's again. You listen. It is fire f i r e one two for your discount on your first order. That's fifteen percent off your first order. Shipped to you. It's gonna be the most comfortable shit that you put super, on your back. Y'all. Super comfy, and yeah. that's what it's all about on game day. Because you know you're there in the morning. You tailgate all day. You go to the game. You hang out and go get margaritas <laughs> after the game. By the time you get home. You're still feeling good and comfy. Absolutely. It's 140 degrees in the stands, um, but you're still comfortable. With I don't it. know where you're sitting, but okay. Yeah, I'm in the stands. <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. All right, y'all. So, so guess what? It's game week. Game week. So, one of the things Starkeesian talked about this week was they're actually prepping for a set, kind of a semi game week schedule because now that school's back in, he said they're going to have a game, like a pseudo mock game this saturday so they had scrimmage one they're allowed to have three contact scrimmages in addition to the rest of their contact practices so they had one and two we know unfortunately they had injuries in in scrimmage one scrimmage two relatively everybody okay fortunately they kept out most of the starters uh well several of the key starters didn't need to play too much if at all and then this Saturday, they will have a mock game and they will prep for game week. So now they can kind of start getting on a weekly schedule with the kids, the, the student athletes having, I say the kids all the time, <laughs> but the student athletes having class schedule and then they can, you know, work in their morning practice or evening film and all that thing. So what we have actual game, college football games this saturday crazy crazy here it's exciting so by my count fcs and fbs because fcs is real football fcs and fbs there are 14 games that i saw on listed on the calendar on espn i just want to talk to you about a couple of them and we can kind of chat a bit yeah um, one that i'm really excited about we get to talk real football can you believe that <laughs> and and i 
challenge you guys to put some money on this game. Why not? UNT and UTEP. Shit. I know I know it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> no, I love it. I know it sounds ridiculous. The mean green of the minors. Come okay. On, I know. So UTEP, seven and five, but feisty, scrappy, up and coming building team. The miners played some good football last year, and they're going to be better this year. They are going against UNT, and I know this six and six sounds awful, but in the house, no, it's the the regular season record of six and six sounds bad. But they were on a five game winning streak to end the season. I mean, it's better than five and seven. It's better than the Texas record. So (laughs) six and six. I know this sounds really crappy, but six and six. UNT versus seven and five UTEP is going to be a good fun game a little bit better than high school football not D1 college football but a fun game to watch so well technically D1 (laughs) anyway if you look at the spreads because I that's my thing if you look at the spreads some people have UNT minus one some people have UTEP minus one um Right now, I think UNT minus one sixty percent chance of winning. That's going to be just a fun game yeah. at, in El Paso. Go for it! I would say, don't put money on it. But if I put money, <laughs> Rocky's like, put all your money on it. Except put don't put all money your on money it. on this this game that's fifty fifty. <laughs> no, but that's fun. That's that's a fun game. No, I don't disagree. Listen, I think we're all excited, and I love. I live for games where the experts are like. We have no fucking idea what's going to happen. We have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> Those are fun games to watch. But I'm just saying, 8 o'clock Saturday night, that game is being broadcasted nowhere. It's not even on television where I, I was trying to find how do you watch this game. You don't. You might have to, like, tune into Lubbock Radio or where's <laughs> oh, El Paso. <laughs> not Lubbock. <laughs> not Lubbock. Not Lubbock. Shit, girl. El Paso where, Radio. Where are you at? I'm sure if you go to UTEP dot edu (laughs) you'll find out how to listen to this on like analog radio but that game is happening but a game you you can watch if you have the who has the acc network if you have the acc network you can watch florida a&m at north carolina mac brown is back at it on saturday come on now listen i don't get if you don't cheer for north carolina fine whatever bitterness you have towards that team for whatever reason but if you don't cheer for mac brown are you even a texas fan because i feel like you're not uh, yeah tech <laughs> yeah cheer for mac brown they have a 99.9 percent no 99.6 percent chance of winning that game That's yeah so you know don't put money on that you won't win anything <laughs> but it is a good chance to see some of the fcs teams mercer versus moorhead state you know you want to see that no <laughs> Florida State is hosting Duquesne. How do you pronounce that? I don't know. Why don't ask me? Listen, I love the first week of college football because all of us are so thirsty for football to be back, for college football to be back, that we are watching games of teams we can't pronounce because we've never heard of them. Well, this would have been a great game five years ago, UConn at Utah State. Yeah. Now it's not. But you can still watch it because it's college football. (laughs) Wyoming at Illinois. Eh, that's right. Wyoming had a great quarterback make it to the The NFL recently. The fighting Illini? Are you questioning the fighting Illini? Yeah, I don't, I don't, whatevs with them. Okay, but here's the one that we want to talk about. Nebraska 
at Northwestern. Okay. Casey Thompson. Let let me give an unpopular opinion right now. Again, I know, I would hope that people know that I am a diehard Longhorn at this point, right? I would hope people understand that. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. When, first of all, I miss Nebraska. I miss them being in the Big 12. I think the Big 12 was better off with Nebraska in it. Nine and one. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Right. But all that being said, one of my best and most favorite fan experiences that I've ever had was, I mean, has always been at Lincoln, Nebraska. Those fans just get football. They live and breathe it. They the, Lincoln is one of my favorite places. The fan base is incredible. They're generous. They're they're kind. They're they're a fuck ton of fun to party with. So in my mind, I'm like, all right, I base who I like and hate on my fan experiences traveling to these different places. Yep. So in that light, unless they're playing Texas, I will root for Nebraska. And like everybody can have their opinions about it, whatever. Nebraska, college football is better when Nebraska is good. The Big 12 was better when Nebraska was in it, right? Um, they Well, the Big 12, I think Nebraska was better when they were in the big 12 all of the above but they didn't they didn't they his store if they had been in the big 12 if the big 12 was a thing in the 50s or 60s then they would have made the big 12 better their name made the big 12 great but what they brought to the table over the course of their time in the big 12 Nah, they were, meh. They were so those solid, weren't though. their those weren't their best years. Let's well, just say that. Yeah, but okay. okay, can you argue that Texas's past decade has been Texas's best years? But, but we but, still elevate the Big Twelve. Yes, because we're not just football. Yeah, I don't disagree. That's what I'm saying. Ne- and, and we have eyeballs that care about us. But yeah, but I will argue the same of Nebraska, right? Oh, they have volleyball. They have a cra- volleyball and football. They they have eyeballs that will watch those games that will tune in to whatever they're they have, doing yes not and, and a massive media team. market but they have their regional market but, yes but it, it's the midwest right they're in shit in that whole area yeah i so, know so, i just no, I, I can dismiss them as easily as i could take them no it's fair but i think college football is better when nebraska is good and i think that the big 12 was better with nebraska being a part of the big 12 all of that being said mm-hmm my my feelings on this are definitely tested a little bit because we all know Casey Thompson uh, transferred out of UT, went to Nebraska. Good for him. Listen, there's will... three Longhorns who went over to Nebraska in the last few days. Right. Yep. And, and I will never, ever criticize a player for doing what they think is best for their future. Love I agree. It. And, and I feel like I have less vitriol because I do see Nebraska in a positive light, right? Like I'm not mm-hmm. that Texas fan that's like, oh, fuck Nebraska. They're the worst. Yeah. So I will say there was a little bit of a hubbub over some of Casey Thompson's recent comments. Let's go ahead and listen in. Right, then we'll let's wait. break it down to what he actually said. Let's, let's listen Because people are freaking out over this. So he he is being asked, and you can barely hear the uh, the question from the journalist, so I will let you know. He's being asked to assess the skill talent around him now at Nebraska, particular, particularly compared to 
sweaty hat at Texas. That sure. was the question. You can barely hear it in the background. Which again, is an attempt at a gotcha question. No, yeah, it is another gotcha question. Someone's specifically asking him, compare the talent now to what you had at Texas. And we'll let you- what you had at previous schools. Previous schools, which means Texas. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes. So let's hear, and we'll let you hear the full comment so you know that it's all right what he said. Here we go. Um, The biggest thing is uh, Nebraska football, we have a lot more bodies out there. So we have more players, more depth um, at every position. Uh, offense, defense, special teams. Offensive line, we have more bodies. Uh, receivers room, we have more receivers. And the same thing with the running backs. Um, I really like the way the running back room and the receivers and tight ends are on offense. Um, we have great leadership in each room. Um, and uh, I think the running backs, we have you know guys that have really good game experience. And even the quarterback room here is, um, I think it's very unique because you have different type of quarterbacks in the room. Um, you have me, Logan, and Chuba who all have game experience. And then you have... <laughs> Richard and Heinrich, uh, who also are you know very talented players, have big arms. So I, I would say every position is probably a little deeper. As far as the, uh, the skill level and the talent, I would say Trey Palmer is probably the fastest receiver that I've thrown to. Um, he's up there with like Xavier Worthy, you know, and definitely him and Marcus get out of their breaks really well. Um, Omar, Alante, um, Isaiah, we have a lot of guys. Brody Belt. I mean, we have a really deep receiver room, so I'm very. Um, thankful and happy about that about that position and the running back as well. Um, you know, good thing we have good coaches because Coach Applewhite is going to have to pick. You know, the rotation of how that's going to go. So, I trust the coaches. Um, you know, we're going to rotate six or seven receivers on offense. We're going to rotate uh, multiple running backs as well. So, uh, I'll be happy with whoever's in. And uh, there's certain plays that we have that uh, you know each guy has different strengths and weaknesses. And so we'll, we'll try to play to their strengths. But uh, having Trey Palmer for sure to, to take the top off the defense helps. And then. Of course, having Marcus and Oliver to be on the outside and Alante to run routes, I think is really special. That was the full comment. Right. So not taking things out of context. First of all, for those confused, like I know Texas fans all perk up their ears like a Doberman when a treat bag is open. (laughs) Right. When we hear the name Applewhite. It's not our Applewhite. No, it's a different guy. Yeah, this is Brian Applewhite. He is a running back coach. He's He's been a running back coach. Completely different family. For like 20 years. Uh, he, he's the running back coach for Nebraska. So that's who Casey was talking about rotating guys in. My first takeaway from this is that, once again, Texas media, Texas fans want to take a soundbite and blow that shit way out of proportion. Mm-hmm. What I heard... A, a former player saying is compared to his time at Texas, which look, let's look at when Casey was there and when Casey was starting and playing versus where we are at right now in this moment, very different depth, right? What Casey is talking to is what he experienced at Texas and what he is experiencing at Nebraska. Yeah. Like they may be deeper at wide receiver at a few different positions at O-line for Christ's sake. Right. Right. Like that may be, they may be, Nebraska may be deeper compared to what Casey was working with through a banged up season last year with a roster that was completely different than what Texas has this year. That that's my first point. Second point. Do you really expect the leader of a team to come in and trash his current team? Hell no, man. He's going to come in and say, yeah, my guys are the shit. 
We're great. They're awesome. We got depth for days. I'm excited to be playing with who I'm playing with. I think that this attempt at, listen, we have a bunch of stretch Armstrongs as fans and as media people because it was a goddamn reach to try to spin this into Casey is trashing Texas. He never trashed Texas. Uh, Right. My take on it was, and if you listen closely, again, he's talking about his wide receiver room. He said, I think overall, Nebraska has more bodies. Okay, cool. They have more bodies. Compared to when Casey was throwing the ball for Texas, he may not be wrong. Never once did he say, oh, I'll take our first and second depth charts over Texas. Never once did he say that. When he even talked about wide receivers, he said, we have a guy with the speed of Xavier Worthy that he would put. To me, that's a compliment to X. Exactly. That's a compliment to His best player, he would say, is in the company of of Worthy. close. When it got to running backs, exactly. When it got to running backs, he never (laughs) once said, "Oh, I'll take my guy over the Bijan Rojo combo." He never said those things. He just said, "Oh yeah, I'm trusting the coaching staff to put us in the best position." Right. He never once said we are. He said when he said we have more bodies, so we have more depth. That just meant. Like literally, logistically, statistically, when you have more people, you can stack them one under right. the other. It doesn't mean my depth is stronger and more talented and more highly recruited and more five stars than yours. Right. He never said that. Right. And again, y'all take it in context. We have right. to compare what Casey, the the staff and the players that Casey was working with last year versus where we are at now. Y'all remember how banged up we were last year and when we were rotating guys in and out. Jay Witt, God bless it. Oh, I God. hope he stays healthy. He wasn't healthy last year. He is a top receiver this year for Texas. We're expecting big things from him. But when you compare what Casey was playing with last year versus who is healthy now for Texas. And the transfers they brought in. And the in. transfers and the changes. We got Red, we got Sanders. Like, we, we've got all of these different options, right? Casey is comparing what he knew and what he played with at Texas a year ago, which is a very different squad than the 2022 Texas Longhorn, right? So, look, I get it. We all want to find something to be, to have our feathers ruffled about. <laughs> Y'all, this ain't it. This, this ain't, ain't it. it. Yeah. Ain't Casey Thompson... I wish him the best. I hope Nebraska does well. I hope they beat OU. Right. Like, I want to see Nebraska do well. I want to see Casey thrive. You know, are there some underlying issues? Sure, maybe. But that's not our fucking problem, right? Like, I want to go out and support a kid that gave everything to a Texas program that he had to offer. And I want to watch him do well. Now, if you're pitting Nebraska against Texas, fuck yeah, let's curb stomp them. I want to see us do, I want to see us kick ass. But oh, the rosters are not comparable. If you take 2022, if you take, right. yes, if you take the top 22 slash 44 against Nebraska's first too deep, it's not comparable. That's not what he was saying. What he was, of course, he's going to get on the mic and defend and protect and support his players. He's not going to go up there and say when he's asked 
specifically by a reporter compare compare your skill talent around the comparable to you know compare it to texas of course he's not going to say well texas has more four and five stars and the texas has more players in the preseason you know awards list or whatever that crap of course he's not going to say that of course he's going to say well, we got lots of guys out there, you know, and I'm trusting the coaching staff and we got some speedy eyes too. And I like what I'm seeing. Right. That is the right answer for a veteran seasoned experienced quarterback. And if that makes you turn on Casey, when you were cheering for him and the Alamo Bowl, when he dropped record breaking, (laughs) you know, touchdowns against, was it Utah? No, it wasn't Utah. It was Colorado. Against Colorado at the Alamo Bowl when Ellinger went out and, and Casey Thompson had to come in and all he did was stay ready and all he did was be ready. Even when Hudson Card was given the starting job in 2021, Casey Thompson stayed ready and he played, he balled out when he could until he was injured and then he still balled out. So don't flip out over a what we just played for you was the full audio right of a quote taken completely out of context and exaggerated. And that's not what he said. Right. So look again, were there other issues, you know, with the personnel last year? Yeah. I think that's something we talked about it last year. We talked about the cohesion. We we've talked about the compatibility. We've talked about the chemistry with the team last year and maybe the personal goals with individual players last year versus this year, are those night and day different between the Texas squad with 2021 and 2022? Yes. Night and day different. No question. But to take what Casey said out of context and try to frame it within this, Oh, he's talking shit about Texas. He's not, man. That's that's dive deeper, have more nuance be more informed than that. Think critically. Right. Just 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 understand that this is a quarterback that's at a blue blood school. Yes. That has suffered uh some some uh <laughs> they've been down Unchar- like Texas. Yeah, they've been uncharacteristic, down like Texas. uncharacteristic play from a school that historically is a football school. Sound familiar, y'all? Like Texas, right? Just, just cut the dude. But some don't slack. worry, he's gonna bring them back. Yeah, listen, d- cut the dude some slack. Have realistic views when things are said, and just dive deeper. Don't, don't look at a soundbite based on a clickbait site that wants to get you hyped up and pissed off and paying nine ninety nine a month. <laughs> yes, don't, so, don't take that. Right. So, I'm, I'm glad we addressed that. Listen, good luck. Good luck, Casey Thompson, because we wish you the best. We do. And I'm happy with where we are. I love our staff. I love our team this year. I love the changes we've made. I love Quinn being our QB one. I'm glad glad there's a QB announced, like Sark said himself. The players want to know. The players want to move forward, get going, start getting lots of reps with the one. We'll bring this, always bring it back to Texas. Um, Good luck to Casey, but best of luck to Quinn Ewers. He's going to get, which as of right now looks like should be a home win um, game week one. And then the best team in the country for the last hundred years comes into town 
and we need to be patient and the best thing that can come out of the game at Alabama is great film to take into the Big 12 competition. I mean, the best thing that can come out no. is Texas by 90. No, I'm, but... talking, about, I'm talking about realistic. <laughs> I don't live in a realistic world, Rocky. You I mean, of course, me. the best thing is Texas wins. <laughs> but realistically, they're going to get some great film on how he can prepare for the Big 12 competition. And that's what it's all about. It's about winning the Big 12. It's about about getting into a Big 12 championship game. And as much as Sarkeesian has used the word championship this offseason, they must feel good about their ability to compete this year. Yeah. And Big 12 championship to me is would be amazing That's even be even being in Baby that steps. game being in that game this year amazing next year i see big for texas i love it oh y'all heard it here first yes Rocky. oh i said it all along this is not the year right Rock, i said it all along this is not the year next year but we have a rocky yes. knows best prediction yes next year texas <laughs> The Big 12 championship is along the way. Can, can I I'm say not all? saying national championship. Yeah. I'm saying the Big 12 championship is along the way. Listen, This year would be good. Next year, final final four comp playoff. Absolutely. Shit. All right. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Playoffs next year. Maybe I'm rubbing off on Rocky Knows Best. No, maybe I'm just... A little I'm bit being of little... positivity is rubbing off. I, no, listen. Give me this win. Let me have this win. No, I'm going off <laughs> my my analysis of what I'm seeing. I love it. And she's always right because Rocky and recruiting. does no best. And if we bring in this recruiting class, not that they'll all play, but one or two or three of this top recruiting class should contribute. That plus taking, instead of having 57 freshmen and sophomore, maybe we only have 23. No, you know, <laughs> listen, I don't think we have that much. I think. I think Sark has a vision, and I think this year was the year to shift. I trust his staff. I trust, yeah, trust the trust staff. in the process. If Bijan, we get so tired of saying it and hearing it, but it's true. Trust in the process. I trust the staff. Yeah, and yeah. this will be good. I this we have good stuff coming. I love it. All right, be so, patient this year. So good stuff coming. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. We've talked about. Texas football expectations. We've talked about the quarterback battle. We've talked about decisions. Bijan mustard we couldn't get. We did. Fuck. Really? We tried tried mustard. We tried to find it. We did. But y'all, we are super excited to say and tell you that next week on our next episode, yay, we have our guy, Steven, from who is, y'all know him as Fanatic Perspective, gonna be joining us to kick off the season week before the season that texas starts i can't we, believe we have like ballers like fanatic ballers. perspective ballers, ballers like ju- yeah what dare if, i say shot callers shot callers <laughs> yeah so if you haven't just as a side note to prep to listen for next week go of course he's on youtube and you can find him for fanatic, fanatic perspective go see how he schools the people with a million followers <laughs> and he should have a million followers yeah. because it's just so wise like and follow our guy steven uh aka fanatic perspective on youtube he is the most level-headed and thoughtful rational uh analysis like i love that he brings fun and cool and man he brings emotion into it he looks at it and goes 
oh, you know what? Yeah, I see your argument and I see what you're saying. Here's what I think about Texas He plays football. chess while they're playing checkers. Straight up. He, he plays chess while they're playing hopscotch. Well, <laughs> it is, he's great. Steven's great. So please check him out on YouTube, Fanatic Perspective. He is a great source of Texas information and really, really in-depth and wonderful analysis. We have some other great guests coming up as well. We've got Rod Babers. We've got Mike Harge of Ball Don't Lie. Ball Don't Lie. Horn. 104.9 The Horn FM. You know you listen to them every afternoon on 104.9 FM The Horn in Austin. And they are our friends. And they're also going to join us to talk prepping up for the Alabama week. We have so many great guests. We've got week. a lot. We've got Kyle Umlang, the Aggie hater that you love to love. He <laughs> is going to be joining us. The data genius. <laughs> we. That he's, meat. He's, he's meat. He's he's coming on. Yes, you know, cannon. you know, at Kyle Umlang, the statistic genius, he is coming on too. We have so many friends we've made that are going to join us this season, season four. So definitely stay tuned. As always, we appreciate y'all being here. One more time, a big shout out to our sponsor, Homefield Advent or Homefield Apparel. Homefield Apparel. We we appreciate them again. Check out all the cool shit that they have to offer. I probably shouldn't be saying shit while I'm promoting this, but you all know, the cool gear they have to I offer. I live my life. I am who I am. So again, jump on. It is fire 12. That is F I R E one, two. If you don't know how to spell the word fire, I mean, you maybe know. you didn't go to Texas and you don't need the gear, but, <laughs> but yeah. So throw in that code. You get 15% off. You get free shipping on your first order. You get some really crazy, comfortable gear for what is about to be a hot-ass season, y'all. So throw it on. We love y'all. We appreciate you listening. Please follow us on Twitter. Uh, it's at FireTheCanon1. We are here for you. We love you. Throw us your comments. Throw us what you want to hear next. And we'll talk to you next week. So as always, y'all, I'm Megan. I'm Rocky. And we are Fire the Cannon. <laughs>